Welcome back, everyone, to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast. Uh, we talk about the non-glamorous, gritty life of aircraft maintenance. My name is Six. And I'm MVP. And we got our man Shoreline in the back just monitoring our audio to make sure we don't booger this up. <laughs> uh, our goal throughout the podcast is to lend some knowledge, give you guys some insights on what aircraft mechanics do. And hopefully with all this passing and couple of jokes and whatnot that we give you enough knowledge to not make the same mistakes as us and also to give a little bit of relief in your day so we don't have any mishaps uh, yeah call it your weekly therapy session yes yes it's like therapy for, it is for us it def- <laughs> definitely it definitely works for us <laughs> hopefully it works for you too uh today we are actually all split different ways. We're all doing either road trips, work trips, uh, some uh, life on the road action. Uh, MVP himself is on the road. Uh, so is Shoreline. So we're kind of like in the room, not in the room. <laughs> but so if the audio kind of sounds scratchy or less than normal, just know it's because we're split so far apart from each other and we're doing this while we're on the road. So uh, we are apologizing in advance. <laughs> yeah, sorry about the... Uh- terrible quality i mean my voice is horrendous to listen to to begin with but uh it might be a little worse now <laughs> shoreline's gonna work his his uh, sound magic and make a sound as uh presentable as possible yeah <laughs> we definitely uh shoreline definitely has tried to explain how the magic works but it's one of those like it, it sounds uh it's a lot better when you don't tell me and just show me how it works than explain it so Thanks again for that, Shirley. <laughs> Um But so today, uh, since we're on the road, that'd be a perfect subject to talk about is some of the stuff that happens while we're on the road and how some plans, as much as you plan for it or account for things that could go wrong, things still go wrong. <laughs> um, we were just joking about this before the episode kicked off about like we had some issues when things show up earlier than expected and vice versa when things show up later than expected. Uh, My example, for instance, is we were doing a road trip and the people who were planning out the logistics of it all, they had it set up where all the equipment, the people, and the things we're going to be working on all showed up in different waves. So like, say like the support equipment showed up and then personnel for it will show up soon after they'll do all the pre-operational checks and make sure nothing's expired and things of that nature and then the actual technicians or the maintainers will show up and then they'll have all their gear set up and then do the job as need be well this one in particular everything showed up on the same day so this buffer time that the gsc technicians needed to get everything rolling all had to happen like on the spot And so here's the technicians waiting on it. And some of the gear in transition expired. So they had to go through extra legwork to make everything all good to go. So we're not using expired gear or gear that's out of calibration and things like that. So that was pretty fun for the next couple hours. So the GSC dudes can make sure everything's all good to go. So we don't use uh, unserviceable equipment because that would suck. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in my own current situation, I'll use the trip I'm currently on. <clears throat> uh, this trip has been, well, uh, long-term plan has been 
about three years, we've known we were going to do the operate the mission we're out on now. Uh, so you would think, right? There would be a solid plan in place and plenty of time to uh, get the logistics down and everything else. But um, you know, over the past year, it's been a, a waiting on go is, is an expression I would use. You know, okay, we're going now. Nah, just kidding. Okay, we're going now. Ah, just kidding. Okay, now we're really going. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to start packing up all the equipment we need, toolboxes, uh, hazmat stuff, servicing carts, uh, you name it. Just all the slew of things you would need on your day-to-day in your own home hangar is what you need on the road. So a lot of this equipment we had packed up probably three months ago. So, so we finally get down here and we're him and a home back and forth and okay, the date, this is the date that's going to happen. Just kidding. It's going to happen this date. Just kidding. It's going to happen this date. Oh, okay. Well, we're here. So what's really going on? Well, we'll show up to the hangar. Okay. What are we doing? Just show up to the hangar. These are the customer, customer mandating that this. All right. We'll show up. So we show up to the hangar and <clears throat> say, okay, what's the, what's the mission? What's the goal here? What, what's the tasking? Oh, well, uh, we don't have really any solidified dates yet. So we just wanted to bring you all in and see your faces and know who's here. Okay. Well, we, we provided that list to you like months ago, but fair enough. Okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, Hey, uh, we have some questions. Uh, you know, we have some of our equipment here on, on this location and an hour down the road, we have some of our equipment at another location due to its uh, classified nature and stuff. It has to be in a secured area X, Y, Z without going into too much detail. So we're like, okay, well, we're just going to start setting up the, setting up the hangar here. You know, we're in a, uh, what do they call those six, uh, a transient hangar. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of used for, for projects and stuff that are, are floating through the area, but it's not their home station. So we're, we're in a transit hangar and we say, okay, well, we're going to do something while we're doing nothing. So we start, you know, moving the support equipment around in the hangar, uh, and moving things around so we can, you know, fit the aircraft inside and, uh, and kind of stage things so we know, uh, we know we've got everything in place and we're ready to go. Well, we get in trouble because the customer says, well, why are you moving all that stuff around? You know, it's not, the aircraft's not even here. Yeah, we're planning ahead for it. Well, but I don't want you to move my stuff. But your stuff's in the way. Well, well I don't, okay, all right, fine. We're going to unpack our tools. Well, no, if you unpack your tools, it's going to be more stuff that's out here in the way. Yeah, but this is all in support of your project. Well, don't unpack your stuff. Okay, fair enough. So that was a wash of a day. So we come back to the hotel, and then that night, customer says, hey, everybody show up again tomorrow morning. Okay, we'll show up again tomorrow morning. So we show up, and they're like, hey, you guys can move everything around now and and unpack your stuff. Is this kind of power trip you plan on me right now? Yeah, right. You know, um, so, so, so where I'm going, this is a long story, but where I'm going with this is, is we get into the, we finally start unpacking all of our stuff. And, you know, we got mechanics going through certain things. We got 
avionics going through certain things. We got airframers going through certain things. And we got, you know, myself and my, my counterpart going through our stuff. And we get going through our stuff and we look at the calibration dates on the equipment we're going to use. And we're like, the calibration expired a month ago. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. How, how, why? So we're like, what the, what the hell? So we call our support guy and we're like, Hey man, the scales are out of calibration. What do you mean they're out of calibration? <laughs> well, I'm looking at the, the Dubai date on this calibration sticker and it says a month ago, exactly today. He was like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? I said, that's a great question, which is why I brought you into this conversation. What are you going to do since you are the ones who track this information? And he was like, um, oh, oh, I remember we have extension paperwork for it. Cool. Where's that extension paperwork? I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, my God. God. (laughs) (laughs) Is it here or is it at home station? I think it's here. Great. Where by chance do you think it would be here? Um, I think it's over in this box in this connex. All right, let's go digging for it. So fortunate though, you know, this is a silver lining. We end up finding it. We get the new stickers on. Everything's uh, squared away as it should be. But that's just you know an example of how even your even your best laid plans, or as as much as you try to be uh, uh, proactive in setting yourselves up for for your trip um some things can still go wrong and and just as simple as like you know the calibrations being out of date and so what do you do though in those situations right let's say you open up the box and you need this torque wrench and the calibration stickers you know past you and you're going well i can't use it you know legally right the right way is you can't use it but this is a super critical mission that's been in three years in the running and you've got all eyes of the customer on you. What are you going to do? Oh, and getting anything last minute uh, is not going to happen. And, and, um, and there's no way to, to uh, there's no way to get, get a replacement in time. What do you do? I mean, you're, you're not going to, are you are you going to call off a? Uh, uh, let's just uh, use a. I'm going to throw a number out there. You're you going to throw out a forty thousand, uh, forty million dollar uh, mission over that. I think. I think now here a lot of people are probably going to judge me for this. A lot of our listeners, but I, I'm going to say what I think most of us are thinking and would do. You're going to press on. Mm-hmm. You're going to use that thing and say, well. An uncalibrated torque is better than uh, uh, no no torque at all. So, <laughs> uh, so what would I have done in that situation? I'm going to use the uncalibrated scales and and I'm going to math it out as best that I can because that's that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you do have the time, try to get a replacement rent, uh, tool in there that's calibrated. Try to get some last minute extension paperwork on it. Do what you got to do, but there comes that fine line that we talk about. We've talked about several times of, of there's 
there's right. And then there's making the mission, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and you got, you got, and it's a knife edge. I, I, you know, I think most of us have been in that situation where, it, you know, you're going, God, here's the right way. But also, you know, we've got to get this thing out because, uh, longevity, future contracts, my job, all, all these things are dependent upon, it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, uh, you know, it's just the, what, if it can go, what's that? Is it Murphy's law? If yeah, it can, it can go, go wrong. wrong. It will go, it will go wrong. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's, I think that's anybody who's spent any time AOG on the road, deployed, whatever. Uh, everybody has experienced Murphy's law to some effect. Oh, hundred percent, man. Uh, we used to, in one of my, uh, trips, we went to this one place in, um, in Australia and, um, we we use Murphy's law like it's cool. Like it was almost like a a continuous cycle of of stuff just ha- happening. Like uh, tools would break, uh, gear would be non available, or the gear is unserviceable. Uh, we ran out of stock in certain parts, things of that, and anything that would have potentially would have went wrong, it all happened. I'm like, is this place cursed? What the hell's going on here, right? Uh, and uh, we I will definitely say like um. For situations like what MVP and I are talking about, this is we're talking about uh, instances where it has to happen. Like, there's just no question about it, right? Like, there's no, well, I guess that's the end of that kind of thing. In most scenarios, yes, it, it would be a, an ideal thing. So, you know what? Shut it down. Or there's no way this is going to happen. Move on. But let's say it's something critical, like... Uh, you're the only medical evacuation helicopter in the entire county, or you're the only um, serviceable fire truck in the whole county. You know, like you can't just say, sorry, guys. I mean, tuck and roll, you know, or stop, drop, roll, throw some, throw right. some water bottles at it. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a very fine line, as MVP said, it's, and it's a very razored edge that it's either you figure out how to make it happen or worse things are going to happen if that makes any sort of sense now uh everyone else will be attacking us here right now like no like there is nothing so critical where it can't it can't just wait till another day and in most cases we we make that decision too like i don't care like it it's not so pressing where we can just make we can cut corners to make it happen but again like there's some scenarios where it's so severe it's so uh, critical that these things happen that in some cases uh, decisions got to be made now uh, uh it luckily things worked out where it did not have to go that route and there's so many workarounds that we that we could have you that we could use other than just saying okay let's just use defunct equipment and see what happens there's always a way that to innovate to make things work in in such a way where we're not using fuckery however <laughs> there's a good chance like that workaround is another questionable means if that makes any sort of sense like uh, uh we don't have the right size socket to do something so in, instead of uh trying to find a vendor that's um rated for that kind of socket we just get the ones that's the next size up and then try to figure out a way to kind of wedge stuff so it it, it gives just enough uh, uh grab for us to do the the proper uh the torque or whatever on it, which we have done. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, for sure. I've taped together quarters 
and had to and had to wedge that with an oversized socket to fit on an axle nut. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, judge me all you want, listeners, but uh, work's got to get done. Yes, and then especially yeah. say like uh, it's one of those uh, customers where uh, it's either you make it happen or you lost yourself a customer. Um, and depending, like especially for AOG, like your one customer can be your only one for weeks on end, months on end, and you can make the right call. And say, fuck you, we're not going to do it. But, you know, I mean, like, that could be your only work for the next six months. Well, and, and I will say this for the AOG side, too, right? Uh, because oftentimes, as an AOG mechanic, you are working by yourself. Yes. You're, uh, you're, you're a, a road dog, and you're a, lone, you're a lone wolf out there. And customers in that industry, in that side of aviation, uh, you know, control, maintenance control, they learn who individual mechanics are across the country. And when they have their aircraft in, in an area where you are, they will reach out for you by name. I've witnessed it. I've experienced it. And I'm telling you, they know, they know who are the go-getters and who are the mission makers. Mm-hmm. And, and so sometimes you do have to tape some quarters together to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and does maintenance control care? Not really. Uh, as long as their their birds ready for uh, that revenue flight at eight a.m., you know, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what they care. Now, now, do they want it done safely and and by the manual? Sure, they do. Um, and but they're also taking your word as a as a aircraft maintenance professional that you. That you know they're trusting you and your abilities, mm-hmm. and um, and, and that's just that's just kind of what has to happen, yeah. you know. Uh, do, it, it is so it's kind of weird. I'm having this in, this uh, conflicting internal uh, dialogue with myself right now, right? And it's almost saying condemning things while trying to preach doing the right things at the at the same time. Yeah. It's a, it's a struggle, but I mean, I think, I think we've all, many of us who have been in the industry long enough, we've all <clears throat> been put in those situations. Now, you know, I can tell you, you know, you can, some can say, well, uh, you know, revenue flight or not, uh, my name's going on and I'm doing it the right way. And that is fine. That is, that is 100% correct and accurate. But I promise you, I promise you, enough missed revenue flights because you don't have the right tools, you will find yourself out of a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's not because that's not because you weren't doing it the right way. But if people people go, here's what here's what these customers know. They don't know the maintenance you do. So if you go out there and every time they call you for a job and you say, "Well, I can't do this because I don't have the right tool," they're gonna go who what mechanic doesn't have the tools to do the jobs they need who are mm-hmm. we hiring to work on our aircraft right yep um and so so like like six and i have done you get out there you're on the road if i've had to borrow a tool or makeshift one more than two times or uh, twice i go and buy that tool if i don't already have it mm-hmm. or already have it i'm not in this situation but you get what i'm saying uh, yep if i've had to borrow the tool or had to modify something twice, I go and invest in that tool because clearly I need it. Um, that's kind of my rule of thumb for it. 
Yep. So, so but like I said, they're going to go, geez, every time we don't call, don't call six. Every time you call him, he's going to go out there and, and then all we're going to hear from him after eight hours is, well, I can't, I can't finish the job because I don't have the tool. They don't care about that. Mm-hmm. All they care about is getting their aircraft ready for that revenue flight. They've hired you to take care of the maintenance side of things. That that they've washed their hands of the maintenance. That's on you. Now, now you can say, well, again, you know, it's just a revenue flight. You know, there's I want to do it right, and I want to do it safely. Fine. Where where you know, six and I, and probably some of our listeners have different different uh, experiences. And this has to happen now, and it has to happen like yesterday because uh people's lives are dependent upon you well that that would be in our our previous war we were just in where you've got an asset that comes in and it was playing overwatch for a group of special forces units out there or whatever else and those guys are getting uh overrun um and that and that that aircraft needs to get back out there to double down on their efforts and provide cover with them so they can get home safely you do whatever you have to do to get that bird back in the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've watched, I've, I've seen skids duct taped on the bottom of little birds. Now those are the little Kiowa helicopters. I've watched them duct tape a skid on to get it back in the air. I'm not even kidding you. And you say, well, how could it land on a duct tape skid? Well, they don't weigh that much to begin with. It just needs to fly. And it needs to land semi-okay once it gets back to base. All right. Once it comes back in, everybody knows that thing's got a duct tape skid. They'll fashion some rig to land it on a platform. It'll be fine. We've all seen it. Right. But whatever it takes to get that bird back in the air so it can bring, you know, uh, blue forces, that's, 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 that's your team, back home safely. Right. No, casu- no casualties. Right. Like, like, uh. Safety with some with some risks attached to it, right? Because there's never a chance when there's zero risk, right? There's is any little thing can easily become a critical safety item, and that's one of those things that we really want to mention is like um, there's times when you can v- like stray away from the norm, and there's a, there's times when you don't. And what we're saying is like this has to happen, this must happen, this will happen, or the co- consequences. Uh, otherwise are going to be much worse. That's what we're trying to say. And we've all been there, especially you guys who've been AOG. If you had to have done some high level visibility mission or, or, you know, it's one of those, like you're the only one that can provide this kind of uh, work. Like uh, we mentioned, like with uh, military applications, we also mentioned like emergency applications. If those things take a dump, then we asked out like, how many people in the long run and uh, imagine like you, you know, you, you're having a stroke or a family member is having a stroke. You call the ambulance and they say, sorry, we can't get to you because there's no ambulances around. You'd be legitimately pissed, right? You, you'd be like freaking suing the County and shit. Like why the hell is there no ambulance that's ready to service my area or something like that. Right. And, and say, let's say like, uh, you know, your, your personal vehicle or something is not going to cut the cheese as far as getting your, stroking family member to the nearest hospital or whatever it's one of those scenarios where like um the the decision to press on or the decision to make things happen 
really test your your problem solving ability <laughs> as a technician. And I feel like that's one of those things where like um, uh, that gets exploited a lot is because uh, we as technicians, especially on the road or when you're in a small team that has to make do with what's around, that they see us making those kind of risk based snap decisions to make things happen, and they start thinking that as okay that's normal now we can incorporate that into our mix we can just expect them to do that all the time that's when we pump the brakes because like we did this one off this one time that doesn't mean that we can do this all the time but we've all been there we've seen it like uh and mvp has given this example plenty of times like uh well we just made it work because it had to happen and instead of other individuals seeing that as a potential signal to make things better, they just say, oh, well, just keep going until the wheels fall off and then, and then maybe we'll address it. Like uh, for like MVP's example with using a pair of pliers for the gas brake, the gas pedal or the brake pedal for a tug. Yeah, it was a throttle cable, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like... Come on. I mean, we made it work because it had to happen, but don't take that as like, okay, let's just keep going this route until the wheels fall off. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> right. And then, and I think that's going to, that turns into what we do in our more recent lives is when people ask for variances or to stray away from the norm when things don't go their way. It, it's okay. If that's like a one of like, it's uh, something that has to happen it's in the best interest of both the customer and the company or the organization that's making it happen uh, to redo it. Otherwise, would be way too costly for everybody involved. Then maybe. But if this starts to become the norm, like, okay, we have this problem again, or we're continually having this problem, then there's an issue here. Like, why is this continuing to happen? Why is this continuing to be a problem? What, why haven't you fixed it yet? Then, then it starts raises hairs. And the reason why this ties in, especially on the road, is because like uh, uh, my experiences, for example, is like whenever we do major road trips or long road trips, we always somehow find ourselves doing doing things as if it was our first time doing it. Like uh, every time is our first time. Like uh, why haven't we learned our lesson from these things yet? Like why do we continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again? Well, cause oftentimes fixing our mistakes involves spending money and mm. nobody wants to spend money, whether it's a private company or the federal government, nobody <laughs> wants to spend the money. So we back to that. Uh, you made it work before, make it work again. And you're like, well, we could expedite and decrease uh, downtimes if we just had those tools. And you're like, yeah, but that would save us money in the long run, but you're asking me to spend 25 grand now on this special equipment. Yes, but you'll save 250 in the end. All I see is 25 grand now. That, that that's unfortunate. That's how 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 it's viewed, but it is what it is. Now I, I want to go back real quick. Six, you touched on something. You talked about risk, and mm -hmm. that is a when you're on the road. I mean, we involve risk in our everyday lives. But when you're on the road and dealing with Murphy's Law, I mean, as maintainers, you you <clears throat> you need to uh, have a pretty solid understanding of the risk of what you're trying to accomplish, and and you know that comes also with experience, right? And 
and I'll get better with it as you know I get further along in my career. But you, you have to have uh, an understanding. You know, okay, we need to do this job, but I don't have whatever equipment I need or tooling I need to do the job. So you go, okay, I can make it happen, but here's the pros and cons. Pros, I can get the job done, uh, but cons, you know, I'm not actually able to verify the torque with a calibrated piece of equipment or whatever. <clears throat> eh, pretty, in my opinion, pretty low level risk, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, nobody's asking you to to do something you're not comfortable with. But you know, it's also different too, right? So know your risk, right? What it is you're trying to do. Now, if you got a motor that comes in, or or you got a uh, uh, an engine, I should say, or a main rotor from a like a, on a Hilo mm-hmm. comes in and they're out of out of out of out of vibe. Right there, I mean, they're just shaking that airframe to, to death. It's just got a horrendous wobble in it. If it's an engine, you, you know, you don't know if you've got, you have a cracked fan blades and that's about ready to let go and shell out the whole motor. Like that's a pretty big risk. I don't think anybody would fault you and say, you know, hey, I did a vibe check and this thing is garbage. Uh, I recommend removing the engine and sending back to back to the uh, OEM for further inspection because that risk is okay. Well, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to just sign it off and we'll see how it does after the next flight. Well, three hours into a five hour flight, that motor shells itself out. Now they're emergency landing. Mm, that's pretty high risk. <laughs> I wouldn't, <Yeah. laughs> I wouldn't go on that one, but a low risk to me would be like, Hey, one of our nav units is out. Oh, okay. Well, it's one of three. So the other two are still working. Yeah, I'm I'm good to I'm good to sign off, put that on the MEL list and send her away. Right. So just know know kind of what it is that you're the system that you're working on, what you're trying to get done, and the severity of the mission, right? Are people's mm-hmm. lives dependent on it? Is it a pretty big like is it you know, pretty big uh job for the company, meaning like, hey, it's our main customer who pays eighty five percent of our bills and and could generate a new customer, you know, or could it be, Hey, we got to really show it out big to, cause this might be a whole new contract for us. Know your risk, mm-hmm. um, know what the mission is. And, and even if it is one of those high importance, uh, missions, you know, nobody's, I think, I think it would also, so also show good faith in you to say, Hey customer, look, we, we really wanted to put a, put it out there for you today and show you. Unfortunately, uh, we've looked at, I've looked at, you know, as maintenance, I've looked over this aircraft and there's just some stuff that I'm not super comfortable with. And I would like to inspect further. And I think that shows just as much, um, uh, positive efforts on, on you and on the business as making the mission would. Right. Right. If, I, if a- I'm an operator, I go, well, we paid a lot of money. We tried to get this done today, but they were open and honest with me. And said, "Hey, look, the chances of us causing X amount of more damage—yes, your profit loss or whatever—but it could be, it could be more than just profit loss. It could be uh, defamation of company name. It could be loss of life. It could be whatever." And I think, I think, I'm comfortable saying that I think every maintainer, every maintenance operation, and every 
uh, every operator of an aircraft would back you on those statements. Right. Yes, exactly. And uh, I want to kind of put in there too, like if for waivers, right? Like say you, you've, you identified risk, you've, you've acknowledged the consequences, the likelihood is X is so high or so low. And you, and you voiced it out like, Hey, we got this problem. Like, uh, XYZ is out of calibration, right? XYZ is making this kind of uh, noise or this kind of problem. And if the powers that be, like the customer or whoever, the decision-making authority says, you know what? Scratch it on a waiver. Call it, call it good. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, we, we joked about this some episodes ago. I want to say it was like episode one or episode two where we say like, uh, waivers cure all, man. Like uh, if you signed off a waiver saying you accept the risk or you accept the, the issues or the as-is condition, I'm cool with it. It's like, all right, it's not, um, it's not my problem no more, right? Just know I voiced my concern. I, I voiced what we could do or what we can possibly do. Your pros and cons, your, your options, say, and you chose the, the most risky one. Like, that's on you. That's, uh, <laughs> that's not my problem now. Like I've done, I've done my due diligence, right? And that's another thing that kind of aids you, uh, especially if you're on the road mechanic, you've addressed your concern. And then say, they say, uh, whoever the decision-making authority says, you know what, we acknowledge your concern, press on anyway. Uh, you know, as long and if they put that in writing, like, hey, whatever, my hands are washed clean of this, right? That that I think that you know that alleviates a lot of pressure, especially on you, because like, hey, you 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 said your piece, right? But they've put it on paper or they put it down, saying that I will take take um, ownership of the of the consequences. Like, okay, whatever, not my problem. Yeah, I have been made. I have been made aware of issues, mm-hmm. impending issues by. You know, XYZ main, main, maintainer, mm-hmm. <clears throat> operator chooses to acknowledge yet proceed with operations. Yep. Knowing those, you know, those issues exist or whatever. So yeah. I used to have a, I used to have a very large book of waivers. Yeah. Hey, and we've I, got I, this problem and the customer go, can you make it fly? I surely can. I just wanted to make you aware of these. Cool. And the customer would always usually say, do you need a waiver from me? That would help uh, for sure. Say no, say less, you know, and yeah. they, they actually had a template and they would just <laughs> fill in. It was that, it was that, that point you know, with this one customer, it was, they just had a template and they would just type in, you know, issue. And then they would just electronically sign it or whatever. Right. <clears throat> but, but you've done your due diligence, right? So that's another thing too, you know, like when we make these risk decisions, we don't just snap to and just say, all right, freaking roll it. Right. Like we can we, we put it on some kind of notice, right? Like, or we put it on some kind of, uh, some kind of registry, say air quote registry. It's not really a registry. It's probably just some kind of a log or an entry somewhere where we say like, Hey, this is the issue we've had. We've had this, right. We've communicated it across the board and the decision was made to assume the risk. We don't just make these snap decisions just for fucksies. Right. So even though things have to get done, right. We still got to address it some way, somehow. Right. Um, we, it is, it's stuff that doesn't just happen in the dark. I mean, if we, if we want to talk about it, doing it the right way, this is by far the rightest way to do it. Besides telling the customer to kick rocks, we're canceling your flight or we're canceling your operation or whatever the case may be. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's various options to, to run this, right? It's not just like, oh, I'm just going to make the, I'm going to make the most risky decision and just color, uh, just roll with it. Like, and nobody's going to know about it. 
absolutely not. <laughs> Someone's got to know, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so when you're on the road, um, you know, don't, don't oftentimes you're out there by yourself, but you're not really by yourself. I mean, there's somebody else and you're in your same maintenance group who's on the road somewhere else. Uh, call the customer. I would say call the, maybe the customer would be my last call, but uh, I would call, you know, one of my, one of my peers who's on the road too. Hey, I'm in this situation over here. Here's what I'm experiencing. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? You know, from my standing, it's either good or bad. How do you, how do you view it? You know, and get right. their opinion on it. The next step should be your supervision um, and saying, Hey, look, I've got this. I understand the importance of the mission we're trying to meet, but you know, I can make it work, but I, I just, I'm a little concerned with whatever your concern is. So, uh, and get their buy-in on it. And, and that way you're kind of getting two or three inputs and then you say, okay, all right, next call is going to be to the customer to control. Hey, control. Hey, good news and bad news. Bad news is I've got this problem. Good news is I can make it work, but it's like, uh, it's deviating from tech a little bit. Um, I don't think it's a safety of flight issue personally, but I want to make you aware and, and, and really put that back on the customer. Let them make that call. I've done that a whole bunch. Hey, mm -hmm. I've given you my input. I've told you that I can either not make it work or I can make it work. And more often than not, it's, hey, I can make it work, but I'm being open and honest with you and letting you know that that make it work is the gray area of the tech data. And so you tell me, do you want me to, you're going to miss your flight, but I'll get parts on order and we'll get this thing fixed the right way. Or are you willing to accept said risk? Right, um, exactly. And, and, and kind of put that decision on them. Yes. And then when you're signing off your paperwork, please, dear God, put that verbiage in your paperwork that you spoke with control at XYZ date and time and, and put that all on there. And make sure if you can get, get their confirmation of risk acceptance, uh, at least via email. Over the phone, if you have no other way, but I would always at least get something in writing. Yes. Uh, uh, you just got to CYA, man. Yes. You got to CYA. Exactly. And that's, and that's, how, uh, that's just how you do it. Really. Uh, so we got, we got kind of emotional on this one. Cause this, this is a lot of stuff that happens almost all the time Happening when you're on now. the road, almost all the time, there's going to be some kind of issue. And especially if you're away from your home station or your home, um, maintenance uh, area, it's going to be one of those, uh, well, we don't have everything on, on hand right now. And it's going to cause XYZ delay. It's going to cost this much. And either some bargaining happens when they can talk to a nearby station, if they can lend you some stuff or another mechanic can meet you on the road somewhere and hand it off to you or something. Or, you know, like it's one of those beg, borrow and, uh, <laughs> and barter for some of those uh, those items that you're missing to make it work. And uh, as MVP said, like if you can get these in writing, that's all the better. That's all CYA. That's basically the right way if we're talking about it. So again, you know, like we we said it earlier in the episode, we're just gonna make shit happen. It's there's instances where you're allowed to deviate a little bit with no approval authority other than yourself, and there's other items where we 
at least communicate it to people. So if we're going to assume the risk that everyone's aware of it, or at least aware yeah. of it to the point where uh, a good way forward can come out of it, we don't just uh, make shit happen out of no out of nowhere and then just expect everything to go fine. Like, um, so that that's kind of what we mean. The the revenue or the mission or the objective has to get done, has to be made, but we don't just make shit up on the go and just call it good. <laughs> if that makes well, any sort I'm, of sense to anybody, if that yeah. makes you any more comfortable. <laughs> well, and and we're aircraft mechanics, right? You, you're, you need to be resourceful and, and have some ingenuity yes. and not just give up at the first roadblock. And here, and here I'll use an example. Uh, you're on the road and you, you know, you get, you get a call in for uh, oil pressure issues on the r- number two engine. Okay. We, you don't actually have the oil test set, the oil pressure test set. Uh, it's on the road somewhere else in, you know, you're in Florida and it's on the road with somebody up in the state of Washington, but you're not getting that, uh, in the next two days. So what do you got to do? Hey, call a customer. Hey, look, uh, I don't have a test set with me, but I can look into it and then find your closest local air gas supplier or whatever, but buy the hoses, buy the gauges, buy the fittings and thread it together and plug it in there. And you tell the customer, Hey, look, uh, I'm going to go collect the parts. Uh, I'll make a test set for this. I'll make a test set for it. Um, I'm going to go here and get the equipment and I'll let you know what I find out. And I promise you nine times out of 10 that that customer is going to go, cool. Let us know what you find. And yeah. then, and then, but you look, you showed your resourcefulness to that customer. You said, Hey, here's a problem. I'm missing a tool. Cause let's face it, right? We don't carry, especially when you're on the road working, you don't carry your entire hangar with you. It's just not feasible. So some stuff you're on the road and you've got to, you've got to come up with the last minute. Now, if you know you're going out there for an oil pressure issue and you didn't take the test set with you, yeah, that one's on you. But if you went out for like a maintenance checklist and a tire change and while you were out there, you got a last minute call for an oil, oil pressure issue. Okay. That one's a little more understandable. So but put your test set together, get out there, figure out what's going on, get the customer, their jet greened up and back in service. And on a positive note, you just got yourself a test set paid for by that customer. Right. I was about to say that. <laughs> now you have your own oil pressure test set. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, another example that I, that I've ran into, uh, this is again in Australia. Uh, we had some, uh, we had some scheduled inspections that we had to do. Uh, it was for these specialty washers that were on the, on the helicopter. And we pulled them, we checked them, and all of them were bad. And we're like, well, shit. You know, like, we weren't expecting these to go bad. And the nearest place that could give us a replacement of these was five countries away. And they didn't have enough in stock for us to replace all of them. And so we're like, oh, shit, well, well these planes got to fly. So uh, what the hell do we do? And we went shopping around everywhere in Australia for, for uh, an OEM substitute for these washers and uh we checked everywhere man like whatever like the the hardware stores which we knew weren't gonna be there but we checked anyway and uh in the midst of looking um we found this one uh aviation repair station that just so happened to have a bunch of these in stock um 
just randomly. I don't even know why they had them, but they it, it just fit the bill just enough for us to get like some kind of a waiver from the uh, from the flight authorities that can sign off on these things. Like, hey, we got these washers. They're they're in the substitute, but they're not in our manuals. But they're OEM substitutes. Can we use these? And uh, probably like in the next two hours, we were getting some kind of sign off saying, yes, go ahead, use these washers. And we slapped them on, called it good and moved on with life. And then eventually we would get these new ones from uh, our home station and replace them as as needed. It's just in case someone just had a hair up their ass and said like, no, I want you to use our OEM washers instead of these substitutes. But um, we were just we were super lucky that this one uh, Australian repair station so happened to have these. And I don't even know. I don't remember what kind of aircraft they had in there. I just remember they're saying, oh, yeah, we got a bunch of these. I'm like, I had a whole box full of them. Like, I don't know why you have these, but thank you. <laughs> right. Um, and it's uh, uh, it's not as dramatic as uh, MVP's example of have, uh, making your own test set from scratch. But it's one of those resourcefulness. We, as we said, like uh, you, you I think that's one of the many traits a, a technician must have is. Um, having that creativity to come up with solutions and some of them might be a little janky at first but or some of them are just so innovative that you know what this should become a standard issue thing Um, and that's kind of like how some tooling is made like one guy or one person just kind of ghetto rig something together in their in their back shop and everyone finds out it works then someone gets uh, smart throws some money to it and has some kind of big name tooling company make one like fabricate one from scratch and then it caught what what caused this ghetto rig to be like maybe $150 is now $10,000 in manufactured parts but hey it's legal now <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah and and you know six you brought something when you'd mentioned about hitting that Australian uh repair station up i mean when you're out on the road hey there's there's mechanics at every airfield so just pop into one of the the local uh FBO repair spots there and just ask those guys, hey, hey, I'm here. Hey, guys, I'm, I'm not from here. Um, I'm from uh, up up at whatever airport, but uh, I'm down here for work, and I got to change out of Maine. Can I, can I borrow your bottle, Jack, you know, to, uh, to do my job? <clears throat> and, and nine times out of ten, maybe eight times out of ten, you know, they'll just let you use it for nothing and whatever. But I've ran into situations where they're like, well, it's, gonna, it's a rental fee. Okay, what's the rental fee? Uh, Two hundred an hour. Okay, sure. And and you pay with the company card or whatever else, and and you do and you do that. And then I've been flat out told no. Well, why did that company call you to have you do that job when they know we're here? No idea, Jack. I'm just here, and I got turned on for this work order. So you get you do find your <clears throat> salty individuals out there still amongst our our, our ranks um, mm-hmm. that that feel like they're getting work taken away from them by you, and you know they're going to make your job a little bit harder by not helping you. But but I think uh, you know majority of us in the industry are pretty upstanding folks, and we we'd help each other out regardless of uh, who we work for. Right. Yeah. And then and that's another reason why. Uh, I li- I love the aviation communities because like it's such a small tight knit group that if you voice your concerns in a well enough way, right, you build those relationships and those networks that, uh, depending on the situation, they might just be able to 
uh, give you a freebie, you know, like, uh, hey, sure, just normally this will cost X amount, but, you know, we trust you. We know your, um, your trend of performance. So, you know, we're okay letting this slide for once in a while, you know, I wouldn't abuse that for sure, but, you know, things like that, you know, those tight knit um, networks can actually help out in the long run. And that's another reason why we highly suggest for everyone to, uh, air quote, make friends, right? To build those networks, build those relationships, give value uh, where where needed, because those things may or will pay off in, in the long run. Like example of us, like um, having those gauges, having those innovative uh, solutions, or having uh, just being able to think outside the box to make things work. And with that kind of reputation building, then that helps spreads the network, helps spreads the the knowledge. It helps bring in revenue, bring in customers, and it builds that reliability that whenever these people are on the job or whenever aircraft mechanics are on the job, we know it's going to get done in the best way possible. So it got me all emotional just now, man. <laughs> you know, like what we think is like uh, not shady, but it's it's creative. Like when the solution is very creative and out of the box, it um it really brings that that fulfillment piece out, uh, out of you when your innovation works or your creativity to come up with a solution works and then people trust you to that effect like we know when we stick this person on the job the shit's going to get done one way or another and seeing that thing take off and land safely that's probably like one of the biggest fulfillments we as aircraft mechanics have so uh, man, yep. getting all emotional here. <laughs> you know, um, uh, any any uh, any further thoughts about this one, MVP? No, um, you know, the best layout plans can still be grenaded. Uh, so just know that uh, while you're on the road, if it can happen, it will, and just be uh, as adaptive as you can and uh, as resourceful as you can to uh, not only showcase your own skill set, but to, uh, to show you know, to yourself and to your peers, but to show it to your customer as well. Absolutely. And let us know what you think, right? Like, uh, do you feel we were way off base in the beginning of the episode? Do you have you guys, what kind of situations were you put in where you had to make a snap slash creative decision? What were your solutions? Was it ever solved? Did the, the organization learn their lesson? Or just kind of thought the idea of like, you know what, let's just keep on coloring the way you have, making it work however you have, and we'll get to it when we get to it to resolve that issue. Let us know. <laughs> um, let us know in the comments. Let us know in our social media networks. Send us an email. Whichever way is the easiest way for you to get a hold of us. We will say the absolute best uh, way to converse with us on the reg is to join our Patreon and hop on Discord. We are on there all the time. We share some stories and uh, trade knowledge with our patrons. They teach us some stuff. We teach them some stuff. Sometimes we vent about all sorts of issues, be it um, our work life or games or whatever. <laughs> it's a good time. Like uh, That'd be by far the best way to get a hold of us. And, um, and speaking of which, um, we're... We're get we're once again happy to have our patrons support us and our and just lend us uh, some knowledge that we've been desperately needing along with their support, obviously. So um again, like that's the best way to get with us. And 
Uh, let us know your thoughts on all of it. Uh, leave us a review. Tell us what you think. All of that sorts. And on that note, oh, also be able to oh check out our comics too. Like uh, we've got some stuff lined up where we uh, showcase some of the stuff we're talking about on the show and some of which we made ourselves laugh about it. <laughs> yeah, the one the one that just came back to us today from the uh, artist. Uh, that one that one's pretty funny. Um, I don't think it's uploaded yet to no, uh, stop us but uh it, it <laughs> i was making the i was making the sounds in my head as i was reading it right so <laughs> same here <laughs> hopefully you all do the same thing when you read it right most definitely again like hit us up send us reviews check us out on on tapas for our comics and then if you want to converse with us even more support us on patreon and join our discord on that note uh, thanks again everyone for listening we'll catch you again next time bye everybody We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformainness.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.